Welcome to Hashtag SAP Talks, where each month, your host, David Trites, introduces you to a company that has successfully transformed their business using SAP solutions. Business challenges, best practices, and lessons learned are all revealed. Now, here is your host and moderator, David Trites. Hello, and welcome to another episode of SAP Talks with small and mid-sized businesses. I'm David Trites, and today we're going to be talking about fashion. It's a dynamic industry going through a lot of changes. Rapid advances in technology and social media are creating both challenges and opportunities. So let's hear from our guests how one small business in the fashion world is making it work. First, let me introduce Sean Nath. Sean is the co-founder and CEO of Mad Rabbit Kicking Tiger and is responsible for the brand's strategic growth and direction. A California native, Sean got his start working for Quicksilver in France before moving on to Shanghai, where he founded MRKT with his friend Tom Penn. Together, the two have grown MRKT from a small project between friends to an international accessories brand available in more than 20 countries and 300 points of sales around the world. Hey, Sean, and thanks for joining the show. Thank you for having me, David. Yeah, no problem. And we also have Susan Reynolds. Susan is the Global Vice President of SAP Anywhere, SAP's exciting new software solution for small businesses. Hi, Susan. How are you? Um, great. Thank you. Excellent. So let's jump into it. Let's jump into fashion, Sean. Tell me, tell me a little more and our, our listeners a little more about uh, Mad Rabbit Kicking Tiger. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's a it's a provocative name. I'm I'm, sh- I'm sure. Um, <laughs> Mad Rabbit Kicking Tiger. We also call uh, MRKT. A lot of people know it as that. Um, yeah. A little easier to say. Um, yeah. It's a it's a bags and accessories brand. We started in 2010, uh, as you mentioned, in Shanghai. And um, believe it or not, we're two Americans living in Shanghai and, and started this brand there. And it really started as a a creative pursuit. Um, my my partner Tom is uh, is an architect, um, okay. and he had an architecture firm there in Shanghai, and they had a laser cutter, which is used to uh, create uh, scale models for their projects. Um, he felt bad that they weren't using the laser cutter as often as they could, uh, so he started looking at other uses for it, and he read somewhere that you could cut synthetic felt uh, with, with the laser. So he started playing with that and made small things like a card holder and a wallet and, and just some small stuff, mm-hmm. gave them out to friends, and people really reacted to it um, and started making more and more as people requested uh, different things. I think um, not too long after the first... Uh, the first exploration into this, someone requested a briefcase, and so he made one of those, and then um, started to sell on consignment to some friends' design shops around town. There is a thriving design community in Shanghai, so and it's quite international. So um, there's there's just a lot of interesting things uh, to be had there, and so MRKT fit into that culture and. Um, Soon enough, uh, one of the stores uh, Tom was selling to at the time was going to end their lease and offered to have us take it over. And it was a store that we were taking up more and more of uh, in terms of shelf space. So uh, that became the first MRKT store. So it was about that time that I joined uh, Tom uh, to really handle the commercial side of things as that became more serious. 
mm-hmm. um, and kind of fast forward from there. Um, over the next few years, we grew uh, to over 35 stores in China, uh, all mono brand retail stores under the MRKT name. Um, as you mentioned, we sell in over 20 countries. Um, we have offices in Shanghai and um, headquartered in Los Angeles now, um, and really have grown into uh, an accessories brand that has a design centric appeal. Um, uses interesting materials, a uh, little less conventional than, than what you'd normally see. Um, and our bags are very clean and very structured, um, sort of paying homage to our architectural background. So that's, that's MRKT in a nutshell. Wow. So you guys uh, got a quick start and you're growing fast. Yes, we are. <laughs> and, <laughs> and in 2000, I think it was 2013 was when we really began exploring um, developing outside of China. And, you know, up until that point, it was a fairly straightforward business plan um, of monobrand retail stores in the China market. And then um, in 2014, we aggressively pursued new channels. Okay. All right. And Susan, so t- tell me about SAP Anywhere. It sounds like MRKT got off to a quick start, you know, and they're, and they're growing quickly. And uh, so h- how did how did the uh, the jump to SAP Anywhere happen? And how does SAP Anywhere help, you know, small companies like MRKT get, get going? It, right, because when we talk to businesses like Sean's, we talk a lot about kind of the journey that he goes on with a customer, right? So he wants to start a conversation with a customer, market to them, talk about what's fresh and new, and then he's got to be able to transact with that customer, whether they want to walk into one of his stores in Shanghai or go online and order from the website. He wants to do a really quick, you know, painless uh, transaction for that customer, and then after someone's purchased, he's still in the conversation with them on social media and delivering great customer uh, support and those kind of things. And so usually what folks have had to do in Sean's scenario is cobble together, right, three or four different things, uh, a web uh, checkout cart over here and some CRM over there, and who knows how to track the inventory across all those different multiple sales channels. And so SAP Anywhere was written from the ground up to really address those many customer touch points that Sean needs to address. And so allow him to do it all from one pane of glass so he can see what's happening with his business every morning when he comes in and then take an action, look at the inventory, decide he's got too much of something, um, then do a promotion across all of his social channels all at one time. So it's really a tool to address the, that customer journey that uh, Sean goes on with his customers. Right, right. So Sean, let's dive into that a little bit. What were some of the specific you know, challenges or things you guys were trying to accomplish when you were first starting out and then looked at uh, SAP Anywhere as a tool? Yeah, I mean, uh, when we were starting out at very, very beginning, it was it was just creating product, creating um, the brand and deciding on a name and some of the basic stuff like that. But once we got up on our feet um, and found, you know, our initial base uh, with our stores and then really wanted to expand into other international markets, opening up in the U.S., uh, building out e-commerce and, and a wholesale business in the United States. Um, there's the the difficulty was bringing in all these new channels and mm-hmm. being able to 
um, capitalize on them, but manage them properly um, and effectively and efficiently. And as Susan said, um, having you know all these disparate parts, all these distinctive tools we're using that are disconnected and, and all over the place uh, really slows us down. So um, you know we're we're still I'd still say we're we're a very entrepreneurial brand and we're you know really pushing through some growth stages right now and mm-hmm. as we find new opportunities especially in a market that's undergoing so much rapid change um, we need that agility and and to access a new channel or a new way of selling to the customer um, without finding the operational process overly burdensome. And and so when we originally started doing this in 2014, um, I looked far and wide for for tools that could help us manage this all in one place. And at that time, there really was no no suitable tool. So we ended up using this collection of different... um, different tools, whether it be a website or a CRM or, or warehouses and, and uh, different ways of doing things, lots of spreadsheets. Um, but as we built up a larger customer base and, and more channels in which we sell, it, it was just impossible. It was just very burdensome, very uh, labor-intensive to manage it all. Yeah, I can imagine. Susan, I, I would think that for a lot of small companies that are you know, growing quickly and trying to sell in different channels and internationally, that a tool like this is, is very helpful. Are you, is, is it uh, SAP Anywhere mostly focused for small businesses in this, in this type of market? You know, I think we have customers across so many different segments because the, the problem that it really solves that we're, that we're keying on is Sean has to spend his own personal time trying to get systems to talk to each other if he doesn't use a solution like SAP anywhere. And so we really talk about it as letting someone like Sean focus on what he knows really well, right? Fashion and style and those kind of elements so that he can spend his his time during the day, right, his thinking time about that and how he goes after new markets and really let SCP Anywhere be the, the thing in the background that just helps him get there, right? If he can think it, then he can use SAP Anywhere to get there. So, yeah, we certainly see people doing it, growing across, you know, reaching additional customer segments and also the scenario that Sean has mentioned, growing across global markets because, again, on the web, customers can come from anywhere and we want to help uh, SAP Anywhere customers do that. Yeah, so, you know, fashion, you know, is uh, is moving quickly, <laughs> and you can't really be weighted down by uh, by by software or technology, Sean. So, you know, I was mentioning earlier things like social media and and fast moving technologies really having an impact on the on the business. What are you seeing as some of the some of the movements, some of the things that are that are affecting you guys and in, in your growth? Yeah, so I, I think it helps to to see the the process of where traditional fashion, especially it, um, in the wholesale business, has has come from. So it used to be um, a few years ago that um, before everyone was doing e-commerce and we didn't all have websites, that um, sales were mainly let's say this brands mainly sold through retailers and. Retailers were found at trade shows. So a brand would do trade shows, um, 
prior to the launch of their collection, um, they would gather what we call pre-orders and then go into production, ship out all their pre-orders, and uh, that would be the cycle. Now, right. add, add on the internet, um, and there's an e-commerce element. Um, so direct-to-consumer business is, is, is um, not so new to some of us, but, but for some brands that have been around for a while, it is new, and it's, it's, very, uh, it's a very dramatic change for them. So mm-hmm. um, now that we have e-commerce, it, it sort of complicates the forecasting. Um, brands need to be able to understand exactly you know, what they'll sell and when. Um, but now we have social media. So that on top of it is sort of the marketing arm toward, uh, toward e-commerce and brand building. And right. with the influence of social media, you've seen this real like proliferation of, uh, digital content and very good digital content. Um, even startups are creating just great, great photography, great video. So you see startup brands stealing the show from brands that have been around for, for decades um, who, who are late to the game. But I think ultimately what this is doing is consumers have a lot more insight to the brands um, they like, where it used to be that you see you know, maybe you're in New York and you see, hey, this bag is appearing everywhere and I'm starting to see everyone using it. Now you just see it on your phone, um, probably before you see it in the street. Um, right. I kind of, I, I like to joke that people are standing on the street looking at their phone, not looking at the people around them. Um, <laughs> so what's happening is it's, it's sort of making everything... Uh, equal, so a brand may be very large and have, you know, a uh, large distribution in, in stores, but everyone has the same Instagram account. Um, everyone has the same Facebook account. Um, one may have more people than others, and some smaller brands have more people than larger, well-established brands. Um, right. And that's quality of content. But um, it's making trends go much faster, and it's driving consumers that when they see something, they want it now. So it's, it's, uh, it's really shortening that, that pre-sale to launch in the market uh, time span so that things are much more immediate. And we're starting to see this in places like New York Fashion Week where you have you know, uh, designer brands now showing what's immediately available instead of next season's collection. So it's really sent a, shock, a shockwave through the industry and, and changed everything in a very short amount of time. Yeah, people are sitting in the front row of the fashion shows, um, tweeting and and Instagramming uh, new styles, and the public's out there watching it and seeing what they like, and they want to buy it right away, right? They want to you know, click and, and exactly. click and buy. Exactly. Um, you know, the the fashion industry isn't so insular anymore, so everyone sees exactly what's going on. And uh, there's no trade show that only the industry is at. Um, no, everyone's at the trade show because there's pictures of it all over the internet. So um, whatever you're, you're showing at the show better be available. <laughs> yeah, so how, yes. so how is... Oh, sorry, go ahead, Susan. No, David, I was just going to say that we're certainly fighting that social media cuts both ways. It can be that great viral trend when somebody loves it and they want to buy it, 
And then conversely, when the strap breaks and they're really mad about it, they do exactly the same thing. They try to tell as many of their friends as they possibly can. And so that ability to be able to not only be pushing out social media to customers, but also listening to what they're saying and being able to track what's coming in from your customers. So if someone does tweet, hey, I'm really upset, my um, strap just broke on my bag, can get right back to them and say, I'm so sorry, that rarely happens, what can we do to make that right, and turn that customer right back around to become an advocate for you because of your great customer service. So we we do a lot of work with uh, customers around how do we think about both sides of social media, really using it to promote, but also as a listening tool as well. Yeah, absolutely. Social media quickly became a um, a channel for uh, for people to get customer service, and a lot of brands weren't ready for it, right? And the ones that were uh, are, are definitely better off, and the ones that you know, the ones that are listening and responding and reacting quickly, and then there's the brands that that aren't listening at all, and then people are just out there. Um, saying things about their products, their brands, looking for help and not getting it, and that's certainly not a good thing. Right, and the customers don't don't say, oh, my gosh, I bet because I bought this from a small or medium-sized business, their customer service isn't going to be as fast or as, as good. They, they want exactly the same things that they get from other larger companies, and so that's why the ability to use technology so that small businesses, medium-sized businesses can use that same rapid response time, right? Technology doesn't care the size of the business either. It's only the ability for the, the business to grab hold of that technology and use it. Yeah. And Sean, getting back to this sort of fast fashion, you know, thing that's going on with uh, quick, quicker production times, uh, how is that impacting your planning? What, what are you guys doing? How are you adjusting? Yeah, it used to be that we had two collections per year. Um, accessories are a bit seasonless, but uh, really to follow the calendar, uh, we did a spring, summer, and a fall, winter collection. And... Uh, it wasn't too complicated. We just designed two collections a year. It may have been some new materials or new color stories or new silhouettes we'd introduce. We'd get our pre-orders and then we'd uh, plan all of our, our marketing content. And then when it came time, we'd launch it into the market and then uh, pre-selling the next collection. Now, uh, with this sort of need to constantly uh, push content onto social media and be in front of consumers and really um, keeping the excitement. Uh, we have split that up. We launch new product every month. Um, we keep a core collection. It's probably 50% of our line, which is available year round. It's not seasonal. Um, and that is mainly for the larger retailers and they, they are our best sellers. And then we have these, small, what I'd call a capsule collection that may be around a material story, a color story, or um, a sort of activity like travel season or accessories around the holidays or something like that, um, that come out monthly. And that gives customers a reason to come back to our website, uh, go into one of our shops, or uh, look back on our our social media. Um, So it stays fresh, it stays interesting. Um, because things are so transparent now, um, we find we just have to move a lot faster to keep um, ourselves relevant to the consumer and uh, showing them attractive things. 
Yeah, and having to move that quickly obviously affects all facets of your business, right? I mean, not not just from a design and putting out product, but uh, everything from your accounting and and uh, and and people, you know, human resources with your yeah. company. So, how is it how has it affected the business inside? And, and um, you know, has has this tool SAP Anywhere helped you you manage things better? Yeah. So um, certainly. So it used to be like I said these two collections a year. Now it's more like 12, <laughs> 15, yeah. something like that. So when, when we've just increased our work tenfold, um, we, we of course have to move faster as individuals and um, push ourselves to be smarter, but um, we really have to lean on technology to enable us to uh, make the right decisions, to move quickly, to make things available, um, to you know, share documentation, things like this. Um, so, yeah, we've had to use technology, and especially with SAP Anywhere, it's given us the flexibility, I think, to keep the same level of overhead but move much more quickly because we're not right. weighed down by all the spreadsheets. You could imagine launching 12 collections a year with all the spreadsheets that be flying back and forth across you know, 300 stores worldwide and, you know, lots of distributors and, and e-commerce coming in and, and everything else. It could be a real nightmare. So yeah, having everything in one place is key to having that agility, moving quickly, but also accessing new channels and new ways of buying that are popping up all the time. Yeah, so it's, I mean, it's made you definitely more nimble, right? And you're able to manage your cash flow a little better, your inventory a little better, all your channels better. Absolutely. So, again, with all those collections coming out, things like inventory, especially in this business, inventory is killer. So, you have to have a grip on, on exactly where you are, what you have, or that can come back to bite you very quick. Uh Fashion is, is very much about cash flow and inventory. So um, if, if we can understand that, we can make the right decisions to, um, to continue growing in the right ways and in a healthy way and coming out with products that people desire, um, capitalizing on opportunities we see um, more quickly instead of having to wait until mm-hmm. next year when the opportunity may be gone. Yeah. And Susan, you're seeing this with other other customers as well. Yes, I think there's literally uh, maybe some service industries that are being hugely affected by that rapid pace of of customer purchase decision right now. But I would say across the board, pretty much every segment of business that we talk to is being impacted in some way, either by this speed of social media or the increased speed of just how customers make decisions, right? People, you you don't have to go very far back in time to where it would have seemed like Star Trek to say, oh, I'm just going to pull my phone out of my pocket while I'm standing in the grocery store and buy myself a brief case to get shipped overnight to my house for a business meeting tomorrow. And people do that all day long now, right? You buy from anywhere. And so I think that that rapid pace has really caused every business of every size to say, okay, I've got to be where my customer wants to buy all the time and seven by 24 because my customers may, as we talked about before, be in another country. So there's really no time that you can say is, you know, after closing hours or, well, that's a part of the world that I don't really want to address. 
And so, again, customers are just looking for ways to say, I don't want to think about the technology. I don't want to think about how these four things have to work together. Like, frankly, I don't want to know. Just make it work. Just let me sit at my iPad or on my phone, right? Sean can can access his SAP anywhere from a mobile device as well. He can see his business from anywhere he wants in the world, and he can make a decision. And and then that helps him drive the business forward. So yeah, our 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 goal is really to help small businesses and medium sized businesses think about growth and and how they get there. And that's the fun part of it. Yeah, Sean, are you guys feeling that at MRKT like uh, being always on and uh, you know having to respond at any time? And are you seeing? I guess, increased sales from that, uh, you know, always on mentality? Yeah, yeah. Our, our products are, like I said, um, over 20 countries, and we have offices in, in L.A. and Shanghai. We have teams in uh, Philippines and, and, and U.K., and, um, yeah, there's, there's no downtime. It's 24 hours a day, seven days a week, Um Things are going. Orders are coming in. Shipments are going out. Um, someone has a problem that needs immediate attention. Um, there's always something. So, um, you know, we, we could just try to sell in the U.S. or um, just in China. But uh, we made that decision back in 2013 and 14 that that would be very limiting for us. And uh, we weren't going to get the kind of growth that we could really achieve. If we, we only sold in one place or in one country or in one way, uh, whether it be retail, wholesale, e-commerce, international distribution, um, you know, there's always something going on. So uh, we, we are, a would say, a small and um, constantly moving team, traveling quite a bit. Uh, that point about the cell phone or the iPad rings very true to my experience. Um, you know, I may be in London one day, and the next week I find myself I'm in Taiwan somewhere, and and um, things are still they still need to work, and they still need to move, and we still need access to the information because we it can't just wait till I get home. Um, right. So it's uh, it's it's helpful to have. Well, it's, it's critical to have a platform on which we can run the business. And then, like Susan said, focus on our growth, focus on our partners um, who um, are really going to help us achieve our, our targets. Right, right. So one, one last thing I want to just ask about before we, uh, before we wrap it up is, is, uh, is data. You know, uh, you guys must, now that you're on a single platform, SAP Anywhere, you're, you're probably capturing more data. It's a little more centralized. You don't have spreadsheets flying around all over the place. Um, are you benefiting from having data all in one place? Are you able to, you know, generate better reports or analyze things different, um, identify trends maybe that are happening? You know, what's going on there? Yeah, exactly. Like you said, we can we can see um, simple things like inventory or or our sales, um, what's what's shipped out in the last you know, week or month, but, um, we can also identify trends, whether they be, you know, a certain style is moving at a certain time of year, perhaps in a certain region or perhaps at a certain retailer and we can react to those trends. So if we find that, uh, certain styles doing very well with a certain retailer, 
we can incentivize them to uh, to catch that opportunity. We may notice it faster than them uh, at this point. So, um, it, yeah, it's it's really helping us find where where the opportunities are and with social media now things do move so fast where we'll see a huge spike in traffic on our website and everyone buying out a certain style and it's because someone on social media posted something who was famous and was wearing it and um, suddenly you know we need more inventory we need it here and we need it here now and uh, with that information we can um, make sure that we're capturing as much of that opportunity as possible. Um, mm-hmm. And that's just a, a, a matter of something you have to do now to, to survive. Um, it's, yep. not, it's not a luxury to capture that. It's a necessity. It's all about speed, right? <laughs> you got to you gotta have speed and be able to react quickly to what your customers want. Otherwise, uh, there, someone else is going to provide them with the product or service they're looking for. That's exactly it. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, this has been an uh, excellent conversation. So, Sean and Susan, I just want to thank you both for joining. Thank you. Great to be here. Yes. Always nice to catch up with Sean. All right. Excellent. And uh, with that, it concludes our episode of SAP Talks. Thanks for joining in. Thanks again for tuning in to Business Network Innovation with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 p.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.